0: Welcome to It's a Nice Place to Brew, with Jason and George, a show about all things beer and beer making. Gentlemen, please broadcast responsibly. Two, <laughs> one, and go. <laughs> good morning. A good afternoon. In case I can't see you, good afternoon, <laughs> good evening, and good night. <laughs> We'll see if I keep that in the recording or not.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: For those of you who are not moving movie fans or didn't see some of the bigger blockbuster films of the late '90s, that's from a little movie called The Truman Show. That's a good movie, The Truman Show. So
1: <laughs> I think so too. It gets panned by some people, but I I like. Does it really? So I don't. I, I mean, it does. Yeah. It, I mean,
0: when you look at Jim Carrey's career, you, you, that's that's not like one of the focal points that you end up end up falling into. So
1: not typically yeah. no. Yeah.
0: All right. So okay. Truman show, you got it you got a call out here today on the nice place to brew.
1: <laughs> Anyways, welcome. <laughs> we'll expect our check. <laughs> I'm Jason. <laughs> I'm George.
0: And we are nice place to brew coming to you from not only different locations, not only different cities, but different states. This yeah, be- first time first time yeah exactly so George is in his I would say man cave Bruce but that's shed. not okay <laughs> Bruce you know shed. what let, let, yeah. me sell that. let me sell that property S- let me sell that properly George is broadcasting live from the brew shed <laughs> <laughs> I am here in, in a nice place to brew sto- to br- I am still here <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> This is not going well.
1: <laughs> we'll get back am, in the rhythm. Don't worry. I am worry. here
0: live in <laughs> A Nice Place to Brew studios here in Darien, Illinois. The origin, of of, of course, of the A Nice Place to Brew podcast. And uh, George has made his home in Virginia.
1: Yeah. as is- Yeah, and uh, have taken up the uh, A Nice Place to Brew kind of... Oh, wow. What am I looking for here? I've taken the, the 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 torch here as well and started to make some you know make some beer here. Got a uh, a chest freezer keyser right next to me and trying to you know carry on the legacy in parallel with Jason. So there we go. <laughs> yeah. So now that we're not together, I got to ask you this question, and I think this is going to become a um. A staple for us but what are you drinking
0: (laughs) i'm glad you asked in front of me i am opening a bottle of czech premium lager which i brewed a couple months ago and uh george got the sample at a recent visit i made down to uh down to virginia this uh we have obviously not recorded the show in a very long time so i've not done a uh a uh, little background of my check premium logger. I certainly can do that at a later point, but uh, still, this was the first logger that I've made here at the uh, home setup here in Darien, Illinois, and I'm pretty happy with it. What about you, George? Yeah, what do you yeah. got?
1: I am drinking Old Ox Brewery Hip Monk Belgian Style Duble. Belgian Style Duble. All right. Yeah. It's, uh, ale brewed with Belgian candy syrup and quote, other natural flavors coming in at quote, 7% other alcohol. Flavors. That
0: sounds a little unsettling.
1: Yeah, you know, what can you do? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, yeah. Rich malts, candy sugar. Oh, here we go. Um, sweet orange peel, coriander and star anise. Okay. But yeah. Have you, have, so that would be your other natural flavor. Have you ever
0: brewed with star anise or cooked with star anise?
1: I've cooked with star anise, um, but I've never brewed with it. Okay. And orange peel, I've brewed with, and and obviously coriander, we're old okay. hat at.
0: I made an imperial stout at the end of last year using star anise.
1: Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. yeah, we got that while you were here. We didn't get a chance to drink it, but no, that's not bad. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. I have uh, before we go into segment number one, all of my uh, all of my other brews reviewed will be beers that you and I got to got to taste there in Virginia. So, okay, it seems to be an ideal time to go through a, um, other brews reviewed, being that we that we just got to s- sample a bunch of beers in the same state just within the last couple of weeks. So it's good to be back it's we did you want to start long, us off? it's been a long time since we've done this i know we're this is a bit of a rocky start i've i have not been in front of a microphone in a very long time so i gotta shake the rust off of me and hopefully i can uh hopefully i can keep everything together here so <laughs> so bear bear with <laughs> me on, everybody sure. if you can <laughs> anyways <laughs> let's go into segment number one other brews reviewed i've got two brews to review george i believe has two of his own and uh, this, the timing of this, again, is, is very appropriate. Uh, I got to visit George just within the last two weeks. Um, Virginia is a great place for, uh, for craft beer and had a lot to offer. So here's my first one. My fir- uh, the first beer I'm going to review is called uh, Catalyst for Crazy Pomegranate Tropical Stout. The beer is just about as crazy mm-hmm. as the name.
1: What? No, no. I was just remembering oh, that okay. one.
0: <laughs> this was the last beer that I had in Virginia. Uh, me, George, his uh, George's wife and my girlfriend, the four of us were having lunch uh, the last day before we were going to the airport. Uh, we found a very, very nice brew pub in downtown Richmond. Don't ask me for the name. I don't have it in front of me. Um, but they had this was a place that had a very very extensive brew uh beer menu, and uh, they just this was one that uh, poked out at me because it had two things in the name that speak to me very loudly, pomegranate and stout. <laughs> I'm like, you put those two things together, okay, done. This this needs to happen. <laughs> this is made by Ozzel Finch Craft Brewery out of Fort Monroe, Virginia. So this is a Virginia original. Um, I have to say the name of this beer was more exciting than my overall reaction to it. This was a good beer, not great beer. It was a lot of pomegranates and not enough of what I like about a stout. It was a little bit thin for my liking and it had... The pomegranate flavor, but that was the only sweetness character to the beer that was there. It was missing some. To me, I thought it was a little bit short on the malt notes that make up what I really enjoy about a stout. So I, I'd give this one just you know kind of an average grade. So again, but again, it, okay. a, a unique beer nonetheless. I mean, it's good. It's good for a taste for sure, just because pomegranate and stout together. Not something you find every day. So not a bad recommendation to taste. Uh, have that as your only beer in your fridge. Sorry. No. So that's my that's my that's my take on it. Yeah. Again, Catalyst for crazy pomegranate tropical stout by Osl Finch Craft Brewery. That's my first one. Okay. George, I'm passing the baton. All right.
1: Yeah. So my first one is by the Young Veterans Brewing Company in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And this one is a it's called Pineapple Grenade. And, um, you know, obviously named after the the old school, you know, World War Two, I think, grenades um, that, you know, kind of resembled a pineapple a little bit. And it, it's a Hefeweizen coming in at five, six at ABV and. Um, IBUs are really low at 12 as it should be for a Heffy. The pineapple flavor really kind of did come through along with the clove and cinnamon that well not so much the cinnamon but definitely the clove that's in there. My concern with this one is I think it could have been a much better beer had it not been so carbonated like it like it was. It was extremely carbonated and that was um that was you know that it it just killed it for me. It wasn't a half a at that point,
0: huh you I, t- I assume you had this out of a bottle and not uh from a tap
1: I did, yeah, so I mean maybe draft it would have been different um but like I said, unfortunately it just it just didn't come through as you know that usual half a character like a you know half a is usually like two point three vols of c o two this was easily two six two seven. It was just way too high for the fla- for the character and the and the style.
0: Huh. Okay, we should come mm-hmm. up with you know what we should come up with our own scale for this uh, for this segment. What do you think? One through five. We should like, um, like the untapped.
1: I can do that. Um, so if I'm going to give this one a uh, a, rev- a yeah. numbered review, I'd probably give it a two and a half. Two, two and, and a five. half. Okay.
0: All right. Yeah. All right. I think you would agree with this. A good half bison is hard to come by. I, I should I should rephrase that. A really good half bison is hard to come by. It is a it's a style to me that's that's a little bit difficult to master. And there's a lot of decent heffies out there, not a lot of great ones.
1: Yeah, I could buy that. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it, it, it's also another one of those styles that is and it kind of an easy to screw up style, and you know you do the wrong thing, and it uh it can really affect the enjoyment of it in in, in a way that's kind of unexpected. Well said. well said. Yeah. All right. So then that gives you your number right. two. What do you got? Oh, actually, before we do that, do you want to give a, a number for your? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll. Uh, for I'll your give mine a three.
0: I'll give my I'll give mine a three and, okay. and I think it goes over the you know just kind of that uh the the two and a half mark just because of how unique it was. So so okay. I'm, I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty comfortable there. I think I think three is the right the right rating. So all right. Okay, so, cool. Second beer. All, all right. right. Going from a decent review, now I'm gonna give a really strong review. George, you know which one's coming. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I think I do. So there's a brewery out there that, to me, is kind of the top of the mountain as far as of as far as craft breweries. You've heard me talk about. If you've listened to previous shows, you certainly have heard me talk about this brewery, and they came out with just yet another beer that just did everything right as far as what I was looking what I was looking for from that from that specific style it was everything i could hope for and and then some i'm talking about a little brewery called southern tier brewing company again you've heard me talk about these guys so (laughs) we bought we found a six pack of a special flavored imperial ale there at uh at a one of the large grocery chains there in the richmond area the uh the uh the six pack that we brought back to george's place is none other than cinnamon roll imperial ale ladies and gentlemen if there ever was a liquid created that almost couldn't be distinguished from sitting at a breakfast table eating a cinnamon bun or cinnamon roll this is the one right here this hit every mark <laughs> that you could possibly you could possibly hope for it had it had the malt, the the mouthfeel, and of course, that really powerful sweetness that you would expect from a cinnamon roll. It had it all, and it was just fantastic. Let me look at it. Uh, okay. What's the ABV on this? Okay. It is in the uh, Imperial category, so it it's classified as a spiced-slash-herbed beer, according to Untapped. Came in at 8.6%, and it was just it was 12 ounces of just pure joy how's that for a review <laughs> 12 ounces of pure
1: joy that is <laughs> that is quite the review cuz i mean you're not far off i mean you crack that thing open and you smell like it smells like someone baked a oven full of you know cinnamon rolls and then cooled it down to frig- refrigerator temperatures which i don't know why you would do that but that's yeah. what it smells like
0: exactly <laughs> like I said, it hit every note that, that you could that you could ask for. I just again S- Southern uh, Southern Tier, this is another beer that you guys just knocked out of the park. You guys are killing it. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm a huge fan of what you're doing. I will always go back. This is just another display of everything you're doing right. Southern Tier Brewing Company Cinnamon Ro- Cinnamon Roll Imperial Ale. Go try it.
1: All right. Yeah. I agree. If you can find it, it's it's sometimes yeah, difficult to find. I will point. warn you about that. I mean, that. but so, you know, like yeah. like
0: all the cra- like many craft breweries. I mean, they, you know, they're big on the seasonal releases. So just you know, keep an eye on what they're releasing.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah. For sure. Oh. All right. So uh, did, uh, I'm going a a to give this one four and a half. Okay. Now I got to
0: ask myself why I'm not giving right. it a five. Yeah. All right. We'll come back to that.
1: Clearly I am. You're being, st- you're being stingy. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So my, my other one that I'm going to review um, is um, just cause I don't want to hit, you know, some of the, some of the breweries that we've talked about before. This is a newer one that I've tried. Well, it's not a newer brewery. It's new to me. You know, um, and we tried to watch Jason was here to escape some rain uh, somewhat successfully and it was called uh oh
0: you got okay after you talk about this we got to tell okay. the story of that
1: day. it's called uh, red dragon brewing and uh they made a what they called a blueberry creamsicle sour and you know it it wasn't it wasn't bad. I mean, it was, it was a sour and it had a little bit, uh, you know, extra body that you wouldn't expect to kind of be that cream sickle part. And the fruit in there was tart enough, um, to give you the sour, but not overpowering. Um, That said, I think there's a ton of room for improvement in that beer. And, uh, I think that we're, you know, if I had to give it a number, I'd give it around a three, three and a half. Um, but I think, you know, it it was, it was his solid, sour, especially considering, you know, it's it's not my usual first choice when it comes to a style of beer.
0: You know what, the, all of all the beers that we tried there at red dragon, I think a th- three is pretty much on par with, I think most things that we tried there.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, I think I'd agree with that. I don't think, you know, there wasn't anything there that kind of blew us away and said, yeah, you know, yeah. gotta have some more of that, you know? So, Anyways, so, but
0: there's a great, I mean, this was more than worth the trip because there's a great story behind this. So as George had mentioned, uh, at the beginning of his review, uh, we had entered this brewery, eh, um with two motivations, one we wanted to try some craft beer and second of all we needed to escape a nasty rainstorm that was coming through. Well, the rain <laughs> it turns out that this brewery was not much shelter from this rainstorm from said rainstorm because <laughs> once the rain came, <laughs> the entire roof inside this building continuously leaked throughout the entire storm to the point that they had to uh, bring out buckets and and bring out um, what do you call those aisle dividers?
1: as a b- yes? A f- b- yeah, oh, thank you. the the, the barricade. Yeah, they, they brought out the yeah. the rope. Yeah, barricades. to block off people yeah. from walking in certain areas. Mm-hmm. And
0: yeah, buckets. You know, basically prevented the place from flooding.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then well, I mean, to be really. Fair and maybe generous, you know that wasn't your average rainstorm. Oh yeah, it I was. Mean, there it was, was a rain a coming in sideways, and you know it was a heck of a storm. But still, lots coming in through the roof, and uh and yeah. So you know, after it was all done, they put those floor um fans, you know, you, that you sometimes see to help dry up the floor. No and doubt. so this wasn't their first rodeo yeah. when it came they, to that. They knew so what they were doing. That, that was so. for sure.
0: It was a. Ne, nevertheless, it was a. It was an awesome, awesome trip. Again, Virginia is a fantastic place for craft beer. If you've never been, it's well worth a visit. And yeah, there, there's a ton. If you go back in earlier episodes, there's rarely a uh, an episode that we that comes up where we don't talk about Hardywood. George and I have waxed poetic about Hardywood to to you know to no end. Again, it, mm-hmm. it's well worth a trip. It's a great. It's a great state. The people are awesome. Georgia's out there. Give it a try. Yeah, th- there you
1: go. <laughs> really, what more that you want? There you go, you Virginia. Know? If that's not a ringing endorsement,
0: <laughs> I can't help you. I I I did what I could.
1: <laughs> I pff, I don't know what to tell you. Right. All right. So we made we made yeah. it. So yeah.
0: Once one segment
1: down. All right.
0: Yeah, I know it's, we'll, it's coming we'll back. We'll remember to me. how to Again, do this. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> segment number two, which we're going to go to momentarily, is one that George and I have not done uh, together. Um, but I like the structure of this segment, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna do a res- recipe wizard. Uh, one style, uh, we do one different style per episode. We're going to talk about uh, a beer that George jo- that George and I just made uh, made together. So give us one second. we'll be right back.
1: I know oh, no. keeping them on this st- on, on the edge right yeah you, you, they're on the- <laughs> I have I have the BJCP yeah, guidelines uh, ready for it by the way. Okay. Are you using yeah. the 2015? And actually, we can
0: include this in the recording. Is there an updated app? Okay. I think there is. I should know that. I mean, I've heard... I, I've, I think I've still the common practice is to people use People say the that there, was an up, but... there is an update, that um, there is a 2018 guideline, but I just don't know if there's an app for it. Mm-hmm. I guess I could get off my ass and just go to the Google store and, and find really, out. And really, if there's not an app, geez. then... I'd rather I'd rather just talk on my podcast
1: about how I, oh, I'm yeah, not I just even going to look at the I, I store. Looked...
0: What The hell's wrong with me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I just looked in the, in there, and I'm seeing uh, I'm still seeing the just the 2015. So I don't think they do yet. And I, I think right now it's still pretty common to still use the 2015 guidelines. I don't think everybody's adopted the yeah. 20 what was it 2017 no, 2015.
0: Guidelines, it so. is then. All right, welcome All right. back. Or should I say, good afternoon, good evening, and good night? I'm keeping this. I don't know why I just thought of Truman Show today, but now I'm, now I'm all over it. I am. Not, now you're How stuck. I, I'm not even yeah. a Jim Carrey guy. What's wrong? What's going on with me?
1: Well, that's a very non-Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey movie. I mean, other than... What's the other one? He, what, what was the other one that he Man did um, that was like that uh, crazy... Uh, no, 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 no. That was very Jim oh, Carrey. Uh, no, the yes. Eternal Sunshine. That was like very not Jim Carrey in my head. But other than that, Truman Show is uh, I think one of That's the a fair least point. Jim I didn't Carrey think of it
0: in that DC context, did. but you're right. I've only in in one comment about an Eternal Sunshine before we go into the segment. Yeah. Only seen that movie once. Love the hell out of it. I don't know if I would like that movie if I saw it a second time, but man, yeah, that first it's been viewing, a long time it, just, for me. it hit, hit me in all the right ways. I don't I don't know. Again, yeah. I'm not I won't give it a won't give it a second viewing, but i just throw it <laughs> in there. Anyways, you want to talk about a recipe? All right. Let's go into Recipe Wizard. I do. Let's talk about
1: Vienna Lager. We made a Vienna lager. Vienna lagers, yeah. We did. My first lager in a long time, actually. Uh, I think since we... First
0: lager since in Since we made time, our Pelsner. Our, fir- our very first Vienna. Very first very Vienna Very first
1: Vienna lager. anything, really. I don't think we've used the Vienna malts before, which is a little odd, considering how much I really like the Vienna malts. So, at least I haven't. I don't know if you have uh, since I left.
0: You know what? I didn't think of that, but... I'm racking my brain thinking of what I would have made with a, with Vienna malt and I'm coming yeah. up short. I think you're right. Yeah. First time.
1: Well, I mean, so Vienna lagers, uh, there's a, there's, um, there's a brewery around here called devil's backbone. I think I've actually talked about them on the, uh, on this podcast and they make a really good Vienna, Vienna lager in my opinion. Um, so I, I, I didn't exactly do a clone recipe, but it was more of an inspired by kind of situation. And when I was putting together the recipe, that's kind of what I had in mind for that. So um, Jason, do you want to kind of run down the, uh, the vital stats on the, for the BJC, BGCP on that? Yeah. Okay. Um, So this is a, you know, slightly, usually slightly sweeter, but, uh, still relatively low ABV uh, beer, so your original gravity is going to be somewhere between ten forty-eight and ten fifty-five, but your final is going to sit at somewhere around ten ten to ten fourteen in the uh, you know when it's all said and done. So it's a little bit sweeter for a standard locker, but um, but you know still well within you know, that's the, not going to be, you know, overly sweet like a cream ale or anything like that. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. IBUs, uh, low to mid-range. Uh, the IBU range, according to the BJCP guidelines, is 18 to 30. I think it's fair to say, George, that you're going to get some limited um, bittering characteristic. Um, and, and I think... You know, and that should be kind of what what you aim for when putting a hop profile together in this style. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want the the hop character to be totally absent, but keep it light. I think is probably the uh, the right advice on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you definitely want the multi multi aromas really to be and and the character to be more present than the hoppy, um, but the hop should be there. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. And. S- Let's go into a couple of the
0: other things. Uh, I would like to. Um, I'd say let, let's let's go over the overall feels okay. of it. Um, I've got a list of uh, kind of ideal malts, hops, and yeast. But let's let's cover kind of the the bigger strokes first. So we've got. So let's see what we got. We got the vitals. We got the uh, the IBUs, uh, original and final gravity, ABV. Um, I don't think I mentioned the ABV let's see, from
1: here. Um, I don't, you? You, know, you know, you could do the math on it, you know, for those of you that are so inclined, but it's usually around four seven to five five in that range. And the other thing that we missed was the uh, color. The SRM is usually a little bit darker than some of your loggers, um, but not too bad. Uh, it's ten to fifteen. I mean, it's nine, nine to fifteen in the SRM range.
0: Right, right. Um, comparison. Okay. Uh. I'm just going to read this right off of the uh, BJCP uh, app in, in line with the style because I think this this paints a pretty good picture. Vienna um, Lager, lighter malt character, slightly less body, slightly more bitter in the balance than a Marzen, yet with many of the same malt-derived flavors. The malt character is similar to a Marzen but less intense and more balanced. Lower than alcohol, than Marzen or fest beer, less rich, less malty and less hop-centered compared to Czech Amber Lager.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's probably so. pretty yeah, yeah, that's pretty I mean Marzens are usually incredibly malt forward and so this is this is a a le- lighter maltiness version of a Marzen in a lot of ways, yeah.
0: So I guess to draw a comparison Marzen would be like on the top of the scale as far as uh, as far as maltiness. This would be kind of like right in the middle between a Marzen and a light lager, as they were describing. mm Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it paints a pretty good picture. Yeah. Let's talk about ingredients. Um, let's start with malts. Uh, as we talked about earlier, um, one of the characteristics of this is the uh, is the Vienna malt. Um. The key ingredient is Vienna malt. This makes up the majority, but not the entirety, of the grain bill. Uh, Vienna malt is simply a two-row, uh, two-row base malt, and it's darker than most pale malts. Forgive me, I don't. Well, I should say I was gonna say I don't have the SRM, but you know, two-row is is a two SRM. Um, mm. It's darker than most pale l- malts, but it's lighter than Munich.
1: I'm not sure you're right about the SRM on that because I want to say it's not much more, but I want to say that a Vienna malt is probably closer to three and a half or four SRMs. We're not talking about a huge difference, but I don't think two row equates to two SRM.
0: I guess I'll cut that out then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, according to Beersmith, the at least the Brees Vienna malt is uh, 3.5 SRM.
0: Is three point five? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm reading this off uh, Brew Your Own website. Vienna malt is a two row base malt.
1: Well, no, it is. It is a two row oh, yeah. base malt, but just I don't think two yeah. a, a lot of two row. Well, a lot of malts are two row malts. Like a caramel malt is a two row malt, just modified. Got it. Yeah.
0: Got it. Okay. Yeah. Oh shit! Look at this. Pilsner malts and generic two row pale malts usually fall around one and a half to two degrees Lovabond. English pale uh, ale malts usually rate about three Lovabond. Vienna malt is typically rated around three to six Lova bond. Okay.
1: There you go. I am
0: full of shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I see where you're I see where you were coming from it just yet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Ugh.
1: Ugh. It is an interesting thing. Shaking the rust off. You got to forgive me, guys. <laughs> it is an interesting thing, though. I'm, I, I, you know, an experiment that I want to try at some point, even though I know I've read that it can be a, somewhat of a pain, is to brew with a six row. Um, I've not, I've seen that in the ingredient store, six mm-hmm. row.
0: I, it's, it's, it's hard to picture what I would make with that.
1: Well, I have no idea. Yeah. I'd have to look up and see like what it would be used for. It's just something that I've never brewed with before. So it's got my curiosity peaked.
0: Yeah, yeah, for yeah, for good reason. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Okay. Um, okay. So you got your you got your base malt, Vienna malt. Uh, there will be spe- specialty malts. Um, and our recipe had uh, had two different ones. Uh, we had caramel, and we had Caramunic. Uh, okay. I'm going to talk about Munich for a second. Uh, I'm I'm new to Munich myself, but I did make a Marzen recently that did have this. Um. SRM and this is uh, 56, and this is character. It is uh, in kind of in its profile. It's really kind of an I- ideal specialty malt for uh, for Belgian ales and German box, and um, yeah, the, and just a light light amount of this was 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 kind of fitting for uh, for the Vienna style. And uh, we had caramel 60 just to add uh, add the right amount of color to give us let's see what's the SRM in this recipe 12 12 yeah so with a uh, so with a rating so with a with the style guidelines being between 9 and 15 we hit right in the middle on that so mm-hmm. any other comments on those on the malt choices
1: uh no just uh you know just like munich there's you know this munich 1 2 and 3 uh with cara munich it doesn't show up like if you use Beersmith, it shows up as cara munich Uh, but there is if you go to the right places cara munich basically one two and three as well of different srms and things um so just be careful when you're putting together your recipe that the cara munich that you get has the same srm or love bond to what you're expecting in your uh in your recipe
0: yeah yeah good call want to move on to hops absolutely all right all right hops for a vienna lager any hop without a strong varietal character will work as a bittering hop in a vienna lager any hops such as german noble hops that traditionally appear in oktoberfest are a good choice um if you want to go on the domestic side domestic hops such as uh willamette mount hood or even clusters will probably get the job done um there's actually a different. There's actually an alternate style that's mentioned here. It's Mexican Vienna lagers. Hmm. Those are typically hopped less than uh, than other craft brew versions. Um, the uh, and I, I guess um, paving the way for the choice that we made. Uh, there's a slightly spicier hop that uh, that is also uh, that is also a fitting choice, and that's the one that we went with. Uh, it was a hop called Tetnang.
1: Oh, Tetnang. Yeah. Yeah. mm-hmm.
0: Yep, a uh, couple notes on Technong used for German ales, lagers, and wheat beers. Uh, the aroma is classified as uh, as noble, yeah. mild, fine, and slightly spicy.
1: Yeah, I was just about to to say that. I think we looked at. I think I I because I was racking my brain, you know, beer trivia. I was racking my brain as to what the noble hops were because I could have swore that was one of them, and and yeah, it is. So,
0: and that. Water, malt, hops, and yeast. I guess we skipped over water, but we're just going to go with yeast. How about
1: that? Well, well should we? You know, in, in normal situations, this is another situation where make sure your numbers match what you're expecting. Because I got Teknang hops, but the Teknang hops had you because oh, the the alphas. Yeah, yeah, you remember this? this, this? Yeah, yes, okay. I do. So the alphas that we were expecting was oh, crap. What was the alphas we were expecting? It was higher, much higher than what we got. Yeah, it was. Like, um, I mean, I
0: think the pack said it was like half of the alphas that we that the. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: so, the alphas I, so the alphas I was expecting was four and a half, and depending on what kind of tetanang you get, you'll you'll get that. The alphas I got in you know when I got it from the store because I wasn't paying attention because I'm an idiot is two. So um, we did not have enough tetanang to give the the bittering and the IBUs that we wanted. So we had to cheat a little bit and use, a, I think, about half an ounce of Cascade to kick it up. Thankfully, Cascade, kind of neutral, kind of fruity. So I don't think it's going to add a whole lot of different character to the beer, Um Remind and me. In did it, we do and that it, as an
0: aroma edition, like a late edition.
1: No, we threw that all in at the same time. It was all at once. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah. And and if it does mess it up, then you know, lesson learned, and I'll I'll go from there. But you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeast.
0: Uh, we didn't change this from the original profile, did we? This is the we uh, had we, to. We yeah, did do the white didn't.
1: labs. Well, they didn't. Ha- we did white labs, but they didn't have the Bavarian, That's so I had right. to go with okay. I the was no- German lager. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any? Yeah, uh- but I think I looked it up. They weren't very different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. True. I was going to say the uh, the profile here. Uh, it does say that uh, any lager yeast, any any basic lager yeast will work for a Vienna lager. Those that are typically used in multi styles will do best. Uh, Old Bavarian is a is a is an is a good fit and just a regular german lager yeast will get the job done as well it's going to add a lot of similar character characters to it you know lager yeast you know the you know the main you know character that that they're going to have in common is is the uh is the temperature so we're going to talk about that a lot in the third segment but you know Making a lager. It's it's all about the low fermentation temperatures and holding steady to the temperature range that's on your uh, yeast of choice. Again, we're gonna talk about just how important that is, but you know, it's we can't underline that enough when you're making a lager. You've got to pay attention to those temperatures. Oh, for sure. I guess it would be I guess it wouldn't be right. Water malt, hops, and yeast. Let's talk a little well, yeah, bit about could, water. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Now, now, of course, there's you know that can be a whole show in itself. And if you listen back to episode, I don't know if it's eighteen. Uh, look in the show notes. Uh, look for the episode where Joel Rakowski uh, joined us. Joel is the founder of the Joliet Brewers Guild. He came in and and really kind of ga- kind of gave us a uh, college lecture on uh, on water chemistry. And he really he wrote really brought a lot to the table. Uh anyways, uh but before we talk about the water profile for this, uh it would also be fitting uh-huh. to talk about um anything you can do to have your local water analyzed is an absolutely worthwhile investment. Um I had my water analyzed uh from a service called Ward Labs. Uh George had his uh had his water analyzed as well. Um I you know I'm on Lake Michigan water George has well water so we have two very different water profiles but just knowing your water profile and knowing what additions to do which you can get from either Brewing Water or from the new Beersmith 3 is absolutely worth it is absolutely worth it
1: Yeah I mean we focus a lot on what malts do we use? What hops do we use? Do they have the right alpha acids? Do we have the right, you know, love bond? Are we going to get the right color and things? But do we we sometimes forget that a good 80% uh, eighty to 90% of what goes into the beer is the water. Is water. So exactly. if that's not, you know, what we expect it to be or what the beer style expects it to be, it can have a dramatic impact on it. And then a lot of ways it... It won't make bad beer but having the right water will will help you make better beer
0: you know we really haven't talked about uh we've talked we've talked about water chemistry but we've not have we talked specifically about the brew and water uh calculator
1: no we haven't uh we discovered that i discovered that in a um homebrew club out here in fredericksburg uh they did a water class and um they use um, brewing water as a way of kind of dialing in those uh, minerals and salts and things and, it, and uh, you know I started using it and showed it to Jason and got him hooked oh, and yeah. we uh, off and yeah. running it's
0: it's 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 become a thing that I do now with every recipe that I'm brewing um, yeah it's I mean it's just been a been a significant upgrade just no you know, Knowing the water knowing your existing water profile and knowing the water profile that you want to create, it's it's going to immensely improve the beer that you make. No no question about
1: it. Yeah. The long and the short of it, and and we could dedicate an entire episode to this, just this, you know, and I probably want to do something on YouTube or something because That's it's a great idea. Be That's a great really idea. And, and maybe I was just thinking that maybe we should, yeah. but anyway, the, um, but basically, you know, you get your, your profile of your water, which I also sent off to ward labs and you plug it into the water into, into Beersmith, and then you can match your profile against other profiles. So for this one, what I did was a, uh, what's called a yellow medium body beer. And so it has different profiles based on what you want to make. Is it, if it's a dark full body beers, yellow light beers, you know, all that stuff. And then it also has water profiles from around the world. So if I was making, say, ugh, crap, I can't remember which if I don't think, no, they don't You've use got a that. Yeah. There's a couple. Yeah, I mean, if
0: you want to, if you want know the water well, for a, du- Dublin Island
1: was, or, you know, Berliner well, yeah, you know, I was thinking Burton on Trent, Bur- Burton on Trent water. I couldn't remember the, the uh, brewery that uses Burton on Trent like every damn day. But anyway, if you want to match your uh, water against those kinds of places, you can do that as well because they've got those water profiles plugged in. I and mean, it's just a matter of adding, you know, various different salts like, um, well, like table salt, like gypsum, yeah. um, baking soda, chalk, and other things like that into the program. And you can dial in your profile to match that target profile. So, yeah. you know, and then it just makes it super simple to do. Yeah.
0: So that be, all that being said, do, uh, is there anything you, noteworthy you want to point out about the water profile that's kind of ideal for the Vienna lager?
1: It's a very light profile, so you're not going to have too much of anything. Um, as you tend to get more into the darker beers, you tend to need more salts. Um, and uh, But the as, with the lighter ones, it's a very light profile. So I don't think we added a whole ton of salts. I think total to the... To the mash was less than one and a half grams total. And then, in, and, and to put that in perspective, my water profile, it, from a minerals perspective, is damn near distilled. Like it's, it's really low on all the numbers when it comes Just to no mineral, no mineral, mineral content in your, in your regular water. Yeah. I mean, there's some, but there's not a whole ton, you know, that are really, Brewing, affecting, and things. So, um, I'm really low on um, on calcium, magnesium, on on things like that. So, uh, you know, I have a really good kind of blank slate to work from. And even with that, I didn't have to add a whole lot of uh, of um, salts to to make that happen. Uh, the other thing that we did have to do, though was we did have to dial down the bicarbonates and the uh the and dial up the acids a little bit so we did add a little bit of lactic acid to both the mash and the sparge uh to try to hit the target mash uh ph and sparge ph that we were looking for
0: and i think we came came out just right above 5.4 i think was uh was the range
1: yeah, about five, four and a half is what it, um, what it targeted in. Now, right. I, um, I'm still. I need to grab a pH meter. Mine kicked, so I can't. I couldn't confirm that, but that is, uh, that that's you know, knowing what I know about my water pH and everything, that should be pretty close to what we achieved.
0: Yeah, yeah. How's the fermentation?
1: Fermentation's going really well. Um. So do, do do you want me to talk about the the loggering style that I used or do you want to save that for yeah, the g-
0: yeah, this is this is a, I think it's the right time. Go for it.
1: Okay. All right, cool. So, you know, the I have my keyser and I've got a uh, you know temperature controller hooked up to it. And so I'm using it as a logering chamber right now. And so I put it in and I'm using a quick lagering method that I think I grabbed from, I want to say brew your own. I'm not 100% sure on that. But anyway, what I'm basically doing is I have the beer dialed down. I had the beer dialed down to uh, 55 degrees on my temperature controller, left that there until about half the fermentation was done. So, like I said before, my target fermentation is, uh, I think it's uh, 1013, according to my recipe. So, around about the time I hit 1018, I then dialed up the temperature to 65 degrees. And I did that over the course of about a day. And um, so, that, that, that's the stage I'm in right now. And I'm leaving it there until everything is complete and, to, and, and, and until the diacetyl is burnt off. Um, I believe fermentation is basically done at this point. I'm going to take a reading tomorrow to confirm, but I'm going to leave it in there until at least Sunday to make sure that it has enough time to do a full diacetyl rest and burn that off before I then proceed to cold crash it down to about 32 degrees, allow everything to crash out, separate, and then I'll rack off into a keg.
0: I just made uh, my Marzen, of course, is a lager as well. Uh, at one point I wanted to mm-hmm. raise about the diacetyl rest, which, I mean, the importance can't be, un, you know, can't be lightly stated. It's, I mean, it's, certainly, it's, it's extremely important for the overall process. Um, the directions that I was given, uh, told me that, uh, my ideal diacetyl, uh, rest temperature was about 64 degrees. Is that consistent with what
1: you're understanding? Well, that's what I have. 64, 65 degrees. Yeah. And that's what I have mine. I have actually mine set at 64 degrees with a two-degree differential. So, um, yeah, it gets up to 66. It'll take it down to 62. And and so the, the mean in there is right. 64 degrees. Right, Okay.
0: All right. And, yeah. and I, th- I, think that's, mm-hmm. uh, I think those are kind of universal temperatures for the rest.
1: As far as I know. Yeah, like I said, I've only done two loggers in my time. Um, but as far as I know, I think that's pretty then if you think about it that's the average temperature it's pretty close to the average temperature of your average cave yeah. which makes all I kinds of sense because they used to you know just stick these things in caves and forget about yeah, them for a while better so. part of a year
0: right you know s- speaking of uh, Marzen okay this is the last comment I'll make about my Marzen f- throughout the show um but uh good I'm sick I of know, hearing it. you and me both <laughs> anyways um <laughs> the the name Marzen I believe loosely translates or I I, I not even lightly, I think it directly translates to March in German. So basically, you know, the story was that they would make their Marzen beers in March, and they would come out of their caves in time for Oktoberfest.
1: Yeah, I think that's, I think that's what I remember, too. Yeah, it's, it's not so much about when you're drinking it, but about when you're supposed to be making it. Right. So.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. So, a
1: little fun fact. So. Alright. <laughs> so again, it's looking good. Oh yeah, no, it's looking good. All the Kroisen is gone at this All point. Right. Um I'm still seeing the odd bubble come up, which tells me that the you know the bottom fermentation is still, okay. still in process. Um but you know, it's everything's going awesome. well with it so good far. Deal.
0: That's a Vienna lager. That is Recipe Wizard. Yeah. We're gonna take a little break. Mm-hmm. George, I've got a trivia question for you. Stick
1: around. Okay. I'll let you know what it is. Oh, you don't want to tell me now, and then I can oh, guess on. the answer how, how when much we get fun back? Would that be? <laughs> a Thank lot. You. That's why I'm saying it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back.
0: I am. Welcome back to a nice place to brew. I'm Jason,
1: and I'm George.
0: Again, we said this at the top of the show, and it's worth repeating. It's been a long time since I've been in front <laughs> of a microphone. I, I missed the hell out of this. I'm not gonna lie. This is good, obviously. Yeah, I'm, I'm shaking, I, I'm shaking the rust off. But uh, no, I feel, I feel good that we're doing this. George, thanks, uh, thanks for the little nudge. Feels great to be doing this.
1: Yeah. Oh, no problem.
0: I got a trivia question. We, okay. I think I've named this a couple different things, but uh, I think we'll just keep we'll just stick with craft brewing trivia. So I found a little fun fact online, and uh, I'm gonna I want to read it off to you. This is a this is a good little uh, good little fact to know. This calls out to me most specifically because this has really never been talked about on this show, and I don't want to get too specific. But I, my day job, I do work for a supply company and one of the things that we supply in high volume is um is beer bottles and beer cans. We don't exclusively do those, but that is, you know, that's kind of a growing area for for our business. So I've gotten to know a little bit about the uh uh overall landscape of the of craft brewing just from that from that vantage point in in addition to my experience making beer. So I've uh it's I've built kind of an interesting knowledge base of of the uh of the area just throughout throughout those two areas. So anyways, this little uh this little f- fun fact called out to me and uh I want to ask this question to George to see if he can uh he can figure this out. In 1912, the first beer was packed into an amber glass bottle. Now, in case it hasn't been mentioned on previous shows, um, the logic behind um, keeping beer in a dark glass bottle is specifically for the hops that are, that are made within the beer. Because if you pack beer in anything lighter than that mm-hmm. dark amber color, the light in, uh, in whatever setting it is, uh, it's in will interact negatively with those hops, and that's what's going to create those skunky beer flavors that we all want to avoid. So that's why, if, if anyone asks you, that's why, that's why all, uh, all beer is uh, that's that's packed in bottles will be in that dark amber
1: color, except for Mexican lagers for some reason. Yeah, that's yeah, really that, that's that,
0: that's a whole other story. I imagine there's something special with the hop profile of those. Yeah, I guess that's something we can dive into on in a later show too. I'd be curious <sighs> about that, but that's that. You're right. That's the only one that fits that bill.
1: Yeah, and you know, and in, and in, in, in the obvious exception of Heineken too. And I know I'm getting you away from your trivia question, but I'm wondering if the <laughs> it's all uh, good. if the IBUs being so low in like those Mexican lagers, because you never really even taste the hops in those, if that means that it's less susceptible to that UV intrusion that would break down those hops. That's
0: a great question. Let's uh, on next show. Let's go. Let's go into that. Mm. Okay.
1: <laughs> Some research to <laughs> do.
0: Okay. You ready for the question? I am. All right. Okay. I've, I've, uh, I've stalled long enough. All right. So, the first craft brewery to package their beer in in this amber bottle was which brewery? Now, just to go back to the facts that I mentioned in the f- first part of the segment in 1912 that was the year where the f- where the first beer was packed into an amber bottle so the question is what was that brewery that packaged their beer in the dark amber bottle and i'll give you four choices
1: uh, okay
0: and they're all f- and all four of these are american beers so okay, okay amber bill for beer you can uh, all the credit goes uh, stays here in america so <laughs> all right is it a miller B. Coors. C. PBR. Or D. Schlitz. Hmm.
1: I don't think it was Miller or Coors. No? Hmm. You sure? No, I don't. I really don't. And the can for PBR is far too iconic. So I'm going to reluctantly go with Schlitz? George? Mm-hmm. Final answer? Yeah, well, um, I'm starting to think I should phone a friend, but yeah, final <laughs> answer. <laughs> you are correct. No! Good for well me! Done. <laughs>
0: well done! Despite the fact that you're more likely uh-huh. to see Schlitz in a can out in the wild than a bottle... Back in 1912, things were different. The Milwaukee-founded brand was the first to block out the sun via a, a brown bottle, which keeps your beer as fresh as possible until you pour it into a glass. Schlitz also invented the Tall Boy, likely to ensure that people would have something fun to carry around in tiny paper bags. <laughs> that's a that's a heck of a way, not wrong. way to close that out we got a tall boy I <laughs> did <to laughs> ensure that people will have something to carry around in small plastic bags <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen a nice uh, place to brew does not endorse carrying around a tall boy in a small paper bag that's no no
1: not, i
0: can't get behind
1: now, that no, if you're gonna do that, you got to do what is that terrible wine that? Um, oh, oh, it's. Um,
0: you know what I'm talking. I about? know what you're talking about. It's the, um, oh, um,
1: Boone's Farm. Yeah, Boone's Farm. Yes. Yeah, you got to carry around <laughs> Boone's Farm in a pl- in a paper bag if you're gonna do that. You as know, it, it, it's so. just, as <laughs> if
0: Boone's Farm alone isn't low class enough. You just got to knock it down even more notches <laughs> just by throwing it in a paper bag.
1: Well, you got to ask yourself the question, does that really knock it down oh, a notch or maybe bring y- it up what? a notch? You know what? That's, you know what? That's a great
0: point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> We're having fun here. Okay. We got another segment to do. Let's Let's come back around. All right. Okay, <laughs> segment number three. We call this segment "Tips from the Semi Pros." We've alluded to this uh, throughout the episode, but uh, uh, and this and it's especially fitting because in segment number two we talked about uh, loggers. Um, the this topic for uh, for today's tips from the semi pros is fermentation temperature control. Um, lagers is really an ideal style to kind of fit in with that conversation because everything that makes a lager, a lager, you know, happens during, you know, the very specific fermentation, um, that, uh, that takes place for specifically for lagers. And it's, you know, it's that lower, uh, lower temperature and also the ability to control that temperature that makes or breaks the style um george has a product that uh that he uh that he uh that he wanted to bring up um both uh both of us use it uh, for our own uh fermentation temperature control and for us it's made all the difference george take it away
1: mm-hmm. yeah i mean we've previously talked about temperature controllers and we talked about the dough cooler which uh if you're into wiring um things yourself or you want to wire something directly into the device it's a really good one for that however i'm going to go ahead and say that if you want something that is kind of idiot proof um and considering both of us idiots have used it successfully (laughs) uh i can vouch for that (laughs) it's the inkbird uh itc 308 temperature controller Uh, The nice part about this temperature controller is it can simultaneously do heating and cooling through two separate outlets. And by that I mean it actually has two plugs, one marked heating and one marked cooling. Um, So if you have a situation where in your fermentation chamber you have both, say, a heat pad and a... I've seen mini fridges. I've seen other, you know, temperature exchanger, I mean, uh, air exchangers, and things to cool things down. But if you have both of those situations, you can actually have both in there simultaneously let's, to really help dial in and your temperature. Let's
0: let's color that in a little bit, um, a little bit more, just to clarify exactly what the Inkbird does and what it doesn't do. Um, basically, what the Inkbird, basically the function of sure. the Inkbird is is basically a switch. So basically, when a temperature is finally achieved, mm-hmm. whatever electronic device that you have plugged into it will just stop, and then it won't turn on again until the the temperature in the surrounding area where the probe is, you know, deviates from whatever that set, uh, set temperature is. This does not replace, however, your ability to maintain to basically get to those temperatures. So you still need you you still need. Right. You know, some kind of device that will cool down temperatures, or you need a device that will heat up temperatures, you know, such as a fridge, you know, or a heater. You still need those, you know, devices in order for this to work properly.
1: Right. So, a good example is like I said, I have my keyser. Uh, which is a deep chest freezer, basically, that uh, I have plugged into the Inkbird. And normally I have the Inkbird set at, you know, serving temperature for my kegs, and it turns the power onto my chest freezer and physically cuts the power to my chest freezer when, um, when, it, when the temperature is hit. And the main reason for that is the internal thermostat the lowest setting I can put it at is well below freezing because it is a deep chest freezer. It's not designed to work at refrigerator temperatures. So the Inkbird takes over that temperature regulation and allows me to control that more precisely. But the really nice part here is, like I said, there's no wiring involved. It's got three cables coming out of it. One plugs into a standard outlet. One has the two outlets that you would plug in your keyser or your heater or whatever. And the other one's a temperature probe and it gives give you plenty of line to be able to get to wherever your chamber is. And you just put your probe in that chamber and boom, you're off, uh, you're off and running and it, it goes all the way up to 1100 Watts. Um, so, I mean, it can handle quite yeah. a load of, Um, yeah, and it's, it's worked really well straight out of the box for both of us. Yeah.
0: No, I I mean, to me, I believe strongly that every home brewer should have one, it should not only have one of these, but also should have the means to control temperature, whether it be, you know, some kind of special refrigerator Mm -hmm. that, um, that you have specifically for fermentation. Um, and also, you know, the same thing for uh, you know to generate heat, um, because I mean the fact the fact mm-hmm. is is this. And George and I unfortunately have found this out the hard way throughout our um, throughout the time that we've been uh, brewing our own beer. If you are operating outside of your yeast's uh, temperature range, you will have off flavors. No question about it. It's it's guaranteed. There's, yeah. there's no way around it. You will have off flavors. If you are going outside of whatever those temperatures are that your either your yeast pack says or the website um, for uh, for the um, yeast manufacturer, yeah, I mean you can, you can find that in, in either place, but it's absolutely essential that you operate within that. And you know, the ability to control that temperature yeah. is you know is the only way that you are going to be able to do that.
1: Yeah. Now, I mean, the the temperatures that you'll find on like White Labs or, or Y-East website are optimal temperatures. So there's a little bit of give in there. Um, but, you know, the farther you get outside of those optimal temperatures, the more likely you are to have off flavors. And so, yeah, he's right. I mean, you want to be able to control the temperature um, as best you can. You know, for, for obviously for ales, it's not quite as critical as it is for lagers, but in general, you want to make sure that you uh, that you can that you can control that and take care of it. I mean, on the professional level, they use glycol, but you know that stuff's expensive. So you know, temperature controller Absolutely. for the
0: win. Yeah. <laughs> so that's our
1: advice, I think.
0: Yeah, control temperature. Um, the Inkbird mm-hmm. is a fantastic way to do it. And again, every home brewer should have one. So. I mean it's I mean 30 to 35 bucks mm-hmm. on Amazon. It's easy to get. There's just no reason not to have it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's $35 even right now on Amazon and uh and if you have Prime, you can have it in 2 days for free. So. Prime member.
0: There you go. Amazon you we go. get we just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> give so give we'll, us a, yeah, I was I was we'll be waiting say, for our check from NASA we too. Kickback. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait for it. <laughs> kidding of course <laughs> all right we made it we did it we made it through th- we did made it through three segments we yeah. did <laughs> we went through a
1: full structured show we made it we did first time in a while i know this it's really you know good. i think it does I, you know like you said shaking some of the rust off I'm- more more to come yeah and i know uh yeah
0: I guess that's all I can say at this point is, you know, more to come. I really look forward to, to doing more with the, with the show in the future. So, yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. All right. Well,
0: it's uh, okay. We, uh, we, d- I know it's been, you know, a really, really long time and I know we've said we're back before and I know we're, you know, we're kind of just kind of re reforming and kind of re reestablishing, you know, what, you know, what the show is and where it's going. Um, but I, I still feel it's right to send out the sh- social media links George has put together a fantastic website, a nice place to brew.com. We do have social media links. Um, check us out on Facebook at uh, a nice place to brew. We have an Instagram page as well. I believe it's a nice place to brew. It might even be nice place to brew. Forgive me. I, I'm not certain. <laughs> have, which one.
1: Hang on. I have the business cards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do too. What's wrong with me? <laughs> i could just take a take a second pause and look at the card and come back but
1: no 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 so facebook is nice place to brew twitter also nice place to brew instagram is a nice place to brew because so facebook
0: and instagram are a nice a nice place to brew it's only right, tw- right, it's right. only twitter that goes nice place to brew
1: no, no, no. It's the other way around. Facebook and Twitter are nice place to brew. Instagram's oh. a nice place to brew. Oh, okay. Yeah. God, yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm overcoming my embarrassment that I didn't know my own plugs like that. Oh, jeez. No, I know. I had to look it Facebook up, too. Facebook and Twitter at, at nice place to brew. Instagram at a nice place to brew. Check us out. We will uh, make more frequent updates. We have more, uh, more. We have more coming to you. We've, uh, th- this was really great. Uh, getting, as George has said, getting the band back together, and uh, we look forward to more in the future. So, absolutely. So, George, uh, we yeah. send this off. Appropriate. Or you have anything, uh, anything, anything to plug, anything to bring up?
1: No, no, no. I was just usually we we clink glasses and say cheers. I'm not yeah. sure how we're going to do that this time. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, let's uh, let's do this. Uh, well, let's see. I got, I got two instruments in my hand that I can clang. So let's see okay. how this goes. All right. All right. As we toast and raise a glass, it takes... <laughs> George, come on. Stay with Sorry. me here. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. As we raise a glass and send off and say, it takes a lot of good beer to make great beer. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>
1: Oh, (laughs) so much rust. Oh, Oh. so much rust.